Did you share your audio? Yeah, I shared my audio. Well, then yeah. we're doing fantastic. Welcome to Lukewarm Takes. It's like hot takes, but worse. I'm Jack. I'm Ford, and welcome our very special guest this evening. Hi, I'm Tess. TikTok user, local Jewish teen. Hi, hi, I'm Tess, aka TikTok user, local Jewish teen. <laughs> also, uh, local Jewish teen on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> okay, enough. I'm sleep deprived surgeon on TikTok. <laughs> Just in case you wanted to know. Oh, follow me. I do not post. I post for such a niche of people. Everything you post is hilarious. Even if I don't fully understand it, I'm like, I'm, yes. Yeah. Thank you. I'm TikTok user Charisma Wizard, in case anyone cares about that. Now that you know all of our TikToks. <laughs> Even though this is of absolutely no relevance to what's happening at the this room. Is, this is our podcast. Mm. Um, we exciting. have news. Not Ooh. for us, we just have news. Um, this is the news section of the podcast. The news section, oh my uh, gosh. We do have personal news. Jack, what? <laughs> Jack and I are getting married. There's the personal news. Who am I getting married? <laughs> I was making a joke. Oh, we're engaged? Yeah. Yes, give me your hand. We have some news. <laughs> if you can't we're see pregnant. <laughs> What's that? Okay, there's a vine that... I have never gotten out of my head, and it's just this guy being like, okay, we have some big news. Um, let's just say that Stacy's gonna be vaping for two from now on. <laughs> <laughs> and it is so funny. Wait, look at how much the laughter hurt just started. Yeah, I'll Oopsie. fix it. It's because if you if you listen to this live, you have to deal with us yelling. <laughs> that we're laughing hysterically like hyenas. You get the unfiltered lukewarm takes experience. Stacey's gonna be vaping for two, two for <laughs> But yes, news. Yes. Actual um, news. No, news one. Uh, Infinity Train, a show that we have talked about many times on this show. Because she's uh, so wonderful and beautiful and you should support The her. very homoerotic trailer has dropped for what is promising to be a very homoerotic final season. Yeah! Of the cartoon. We're really pr- Like, Owen Dennis made a tweet, like, this this season- Owen Dennis also liked a tweet about someone being fruity. Yeah. It was a- Like, the whole bit was like him, was him being like, I think this, this season is going to take an unexpected turn that people are really gonna enjoy. And I'm like, Mr- No, we're expecting it. We're expecting it, They're in love. <laughs> yeah, it's like two- it's like two band members, right? They're, they're best friends since childhood. Yeah, they're best friends since childhood, and they're like in a band together, yeah. I believe. They're making music oh my together. God. Yeah, and they band. both... <laughs> oh my god, they were bandmates. Um, wait. Is the final season of Infinity Train, dare I say it, 21 Pilots fanfiction? <laughs> what? Because <laughs> it's, it's bandmates... To lovers? Bandmates to, to lovers say you. <laughs> I, I am proud to, this is like slightly random, we were talking about fanfic earlier before the show officially started. Yeah. Um, I still think that one of the best works of fanfiction I've read, maybe this cause, isn't because I haven't, This maybe this is because I have not read a lot of fanfiction, but one of the best works of fanfiction I've ever read is 21 Pilots fanfiction. I won't apologize. That's okay. It's like, I don't like reading fanfiction of real people anymore because it feels weird, but like this fanfiction gets a pass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's um, that was okay. But yeah, <laughs> why did I say that? Good to know. As, if you want to hear that, go subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, uh, Luke, no, uh, this is live. I know. I'm saying like if you want to hear that whenever the the oh, final version comes out. I do. Um, if you are a two dollar patron, you get to hear my fic wreck of the week. Mm -hmm. It was good this time. But yes, uh, as Jack alluded to, 
It is the final season of Infinity Train for now. They stopped production back in December, and it is it is very sad because they wanted to make more content, but uh-huh. it promises to be a good season, and it promises to obviously be homoerotic and have some very interesting yeah. ideas because Infinity Train always knocks it out of the park. Yeah. Uh, so I would also... I know this is the last season, but if they want to make more content, I would take an Infinity Train movie in a heartbeat. Mm. Like, if they made an Infinity Train movie, I would sell my soul for that. Yeah, that'd be four seasons in a movie. They're not quite as iconic as six seasons in a movie, but Community hasn't even had a movie yet, so... No, they're they're very they're very good, so go support them. Uh, you can watch the final season on HBO Max on the 15th of April. So go support them if you can, and then yeah. maybe if they get enough support, I'll give you my enough. HBO Max password. <laughs> just uh, to everyone who watches. Yeah, just so, uh, um, just the email. <laughs> the email is Jack <laughs> underscore. Jack, no. <laughs> but yeah, go support them if yeah. you can, and maybe they'll be able to get another season eventually. Uh, news two. I should preface this by saying that we don't pick news that's like important to the film and TV industry. We pick news that is from the TV and film industry that is important to us. Um, Dev Patel, is his directorial debut just got sold to Netflix. Yeah! Uh, and he is also starring in the movie, and it will be coming out in 2022. Um, he's also starring in an A24 movie that's coming out in 2021. I've been thinking about What's that movie, movie for so long. Um, I don't know the movie, the, the A24 movie, but the Netflix it's one the, that he's directing. Uh, let, let me elaborate. It's, okay. it's an it's a, it's a Arthurian legend. It's the Green Knight. Uh, he's playing Gawain the Green Knight. <gasps> I've been thinking about this. Gawain's since. like the gayest knight. Yeah, uh, I've been thinking about this. <laughs> I've seen BBC Merlin. I know. Yeah, I've been thinking about this movie since it was announced in tw- in early 2020. Nice. I desperately need it, yeah. and they've been having to put it off because of COVID. And I am so deeply sad about it. Well, it's coming out in 2021, and Dev Patel's movie that he directed and also stars in is called Monkey Man, I believe. Mm-hmm. Sick John Mulaney reference. Um, <laughs> but it is Dev Patel's character uh, gets out of prison. And it's set in India, but in like a, a hyper-capitalist Wolf of Wall Street style India. Um, and he that could just thank be you for the Sour Patch Kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and he <laughs> uses this hyper-capitalism Wolf of Wall Street scenario to try to get revenge on the people who put him in prison. Nice. Um, I don't know if it's going to be good, but it will have Dev Patel in it, so I will watch it probably. Yeah, can't so. be that bad if he's in it. Yeah. It's really the main right. value of any project with Dev Patel, which yeah. is that it has Dev Patel. Yeah, I want to yeah. say, if you want a movie that's like, don't watch this movie for the plot, um, there's a movie that I made Ford watch last semester called The Road Within. And mm, I think I've heard of this. It, it, is, it is just writer. it is just people making horrible stereotypes and assumptions about mental illness for an hour and a half, Cute. but the three main characters are Dev Patel, Robert Sheehan, and Zoe Kravitz. Oh my god. <laughs> So it's going And Dev Patel is gay for Robert Sheehan. Wow. And so it's like you watch it and you're like, wow, look at them go. <laughs> Wish this had any other plot. <laughs> That's the fun part. Like, I watched um, Wonder Woman 84, which is truly a terrible movie. Yeah. Like, it is one of the worst movies I've ever seen next to Suicide Squad. They're like boyfriends at the bottom of my tier list of <laughs> bad movies. But Pedro Pascal is in it and Gal Gadot is in it. Yeah. And it's like, I just... Wh- what it, why must a movie be good? Is it not enough to just have attractive people in it doing shit? Pedro Isn't that pa- all you need? Pedro Pascal was the only saving grace of that movie. Correct. Yeah. Like, Gal Gadot, like, 
epitome of pretty privilege that she like has a career. Yeah. I feel mean. I don't know. I was about to say I feel mean for saying that. She's never gonna find out. No, it's <laughs> Gal Gadot is listening right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gal Gadot. Hi, Gal. She's about to bust through that door right now. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Wonder Woman, please. Miss <laughs> Wonder back. Woman. Miss Gal. Miss Girl. Miss <laughs> Gal. <laughs> I don't even know if it's Godot or Godot. I feel like it's Godot because it's Israeli and I keep thinking it's French, but it's simply not. No. We're um, all in here and there's there's a potential that the actress of Wonder Woman could come through this door because she heard us insulting her, so one could say that we are waiting for Godot. I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> this is not actually, but I'm gonna think about it. <laughs> we are we are waiting for Godot. <laughs> Stop strangling me! I will. It will um, eventually. It'll eventually happen to where I'm actually gonna strangle. It's gonna be like the lighthouse. <laughs> I still haven't seen the lighthouse. I need to see that. There's so many movies I need to see. Lighthouse is good. I need to watch it again. Um, I was too busy making fun of it to pay attention to what was actually happening the first time I watched it. Oh my god. It, but it's a good movie. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, news three. Um, Avatar. The Avatar, the blue people, not Avatar, the blue arrow on Aang's head. Okay. <laughs> Genius. Thank you. Uh, Avatar has Let's go. has surpassed once again Endgame as the highest grossing movie of all time. Oh, nature is healing. Nature is healing. I feel like I feel like for the rest of time, Endgame and Avatar are going to be in like a neck and neck race. Where they're gonna God, be trying to not. constantly yeah, one up each other. They will just like keep surpassing each other for the rest until the film industry is dissolved. Either way, so. the only re- the only real winner in this situation is Zoe Saldana because she's in both movies. So yes, oh, she's so powerful, queen. Is there is there any other news that has happened um, since I made the notes for this episode? Unless something has happened in the last six hours, I don't think anything. I, mean, I should just start announcing random celebrities' deaths. <laughs> just like lie. <laughs> we should <laughs> just lie. We should get a bell of a toll. Yeah. My oh, I have a piece of news. It's only relevant to me. Okay. Um, in sa- sad news for BTS fans. They finally got nominated for a Grammy, which is very exciting. I heard about this. And the category's not being aired live, which is fucked up because yeah. they are 100% oh, the reason uh, why the Grammys is going to be watched by people. Yeah, year. and the categories that aren't being aired are all the category the- that BTS is nominated in and then rap and R&B. Yeah. so it's like all, all of the, the categories of that uh, are like including prominent people of color in the music industry right now. Yeah, it's really neat. Um, we love to see it. We love to see it. What is really funny is that like now some BTS fans are saying like BTS should like perform because they are performing and then afterwards just start a live stream of them like hanging out and watching the Grammys That'd and just so everyone good. watches them watch the Grammys. Yeah, that'd be it. good actually. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, people have like straight up been like uh, just abandoning the Grammys because like artists yeah. have been like boycotting the Grammys completely. Yeah. So I saw this headline the other day that said like Elton John will be physically ill if Phoebe Bridgers doesn't win a Grammy this year. <laughs> <laughs> like Elton John said that. Elton the spirit of Elton John will feel that Phoebe Bridgers has lost the Grammy and he will be false. He's still alive. He's still alive. Yeah. Wait, no, that's the lie. Guys, heartbreaking news. <laughs> no, don't speak that into existence. Stop. Don't manifest it. I'll say it, but then I'll knock on wood. Elton John has been declared dead. 
He's not. If if He's you if Elton John dies because after you said that, you I'm will. googling him right now. Jack. Jack. Plot twist: This podcast is a spoken form of death note, and every time we scan name it. <laughs> okay, what I, I was gonna say before we start talking about the Grammys is my friends and I have this running joke that Chevy Chase is dead, and the thing is, is that when you tell people Chevy Chase is dead, no one keeps up with him enough to know if you're right. So people will be like, oh, Chevy Chase, and you're like, oh, yeah, he just died recently, that's really sad, and we're like, wait, really? And they won't look it up, because no one cares enough about Chevy Chase to look it up, and you're just like, yeah, you're yeah, not <laughs> dead. Okay, that's like, that's like me with my friend's grandma. <laughs> yes. Literally like- Elton John's not dead yet. Okay, stop saying yet, he's never gonna die. Elton John- I got bad news. El- no, Elton John. Secretly as the cure to immortality. If Elton John if dies, Elton God alive, is homophobic. What if Elton John's alive but Taryn Egerton is dead now? <laughs> Not Taryn One life in shade for another. I will say, like, that, that's why that's the real reason why he made the the Rocket Man movie. He was passing on he was passing on the fi- the final sin of death to Taryn Egerton. Oh my god. <laughs> Taryn Egerton is Elton John's horcrux. Yeah. He was pa- he was passing on, he was passing on the debt to morality to, to Taryn Edgerton. Is it Edgerton or Egerton? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I only really care about him in his uh, titular role as Rian in Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, the Netflix original series. He's yes. also in a production of Peter Pan, although I feel like he made Who did he play? He was Peter Pan. Oh, good for him. Yes. Good for him. Doesn't he so, look like he'd be Peter Pan? Yeah. He was also in a truly terrible movie that has one of the best soundtracks I've ever listened to, which is Tron Legacy. Yes. It that, is that not a good movie. I, I like it, though. Yeah, it's like, like the design. The it, design's great. The it, people in it are great. Sorry, you go. It's my guilty pleasure movie, is all I was yeah. going to say. It's fun. I listened to the soundtrack for like a straight year whenever I was studying, and I had to stop because I knew it too well, and I would get distracted because I would sing along. It's composed by Daft Punk. It's fucking cool. awesome. You can't say that word. We're live, Tess. So you can't say Daft Punk. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, oh, God. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. Okay. Just, let's just hope I will stay. never mention Let's Daft hope Punk station again. management isn't station here. Station management, we're sorry. Station management has manifested itself within the room. Don't we hurt Daft Punk forward. I'm just an evil guest. We can see oh the God, lights station glowing. station management is here. The lights are glowing under Quick, the door. Quick, your bloodstone circle. Gal Gadot is station, is the station manager. <laughs> Little get- known fact, um, you might think that the heads of WECB are like other Emerson students. It's actually Gal Gadot. It's Gal Gadot in Wait. her true eldritch form. Yeah. I need to meet her. I want to meet her. I was about to make a joke about her being a MILF, but there wasn't a joke. I just think she's a MILF. <laughs> But is she yeah. a mom? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, she's a mother. Do milfs have to have children? No. Well, my, well, my sister to, like, actually... Here's a like, people say Hobie from BGS is a milf. That doesn't make sense, but it does. Okay. Here's my, <laughs> uh, here's my, here's my celebrity connection story. My, my sister was a, camp, was a day camp counselor, and while uh, Wonder Woman 1984 was uh, filming, they filmed in D.C., yes. spe- uh, specifically like uh, the historical area, and... Uh, Gal Gadot had her kid in the Smithsonian camp, and she uh, also she does have a kid. Yeah, her kid. So her kid was at my sister's camp. They never actually, she never actually saw Gal Gadot. Uh, 
Uh, they have some. But yeah, she never actually saw Gal Gadot. Uh, uh, but uh, like the assistant, the assistant picked up the kid. So. Mm-hmm. Well, but, so you're like two layers of separation away from Gal Gadot. Yeah. Like I'm free. Yeah. Maybe she is listening. Miss <laughs> <Ms>. Gadot. <laughs> But yeah. I'm sorry, we keep mispronouncing your name, Miss Gadot. But yeah. Miss G. But yeah. Uh, Miss Gal. That, <laughs> Miss Gal. <laughs> but yeah, let's hope we have an upset yeah. station management, lest the lights in the sky begin to flare in anger. Sorry, baby. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Um, we do have things to talk about this We episode. do have other things to talk about. And uh, the main subject of tonight's episode, as, if you, as uh, you may have heard from Instagram, if you haven't, uh, go follow us on there. But yeah, uh, tonight's episode is complaining about Marvel. Yeah. Oh boy, so, I have some thoughts. I've been yeah. waiting to do this for so long. Because we've been waiting until like a Marvel, like there's something relevant going on, but we also didn't want to make it about WandaVision, so we're treating the end of WandaVision as an event yeah. um, so that we can talk about it. Because here's my thoughts. And I will Wait, preface don't this. Spoil anything I no, seen. I'm going to preface this by saying I haven't seen a single episode of WandaVision. I uh-huh. have watched WandaVision. So. Have you watched all of it? Uh, I've watched uh, seven, seven episodes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any of it, um, but I know enough about it to know that it like does a lot of things really well. It like does. I think that the premise is very cool. Yeah. Um, if I cared, if the writers of the Marvel movies had made me care at all about Wanda or Vision, I'd probably watch it and love it. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing is, is that everything that show does good for me and everything that would draw me to that show is completely eclipsed by the fact that it is just another point in the MCU continuum. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like these Christmas lights over here where it's like it's just one very small point in like a continuum of, yeah. of terrible Marvel like, projects. Like obviously Marvel is a thing that is going to continue indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Superheroes are cool and Marvel is a company that Makes when it was sense. first creating superheroes, did them very well. Um, the thing is, is that what the MCU specifically has done is taken like all of the creative elements of the superhero genre and gotten rid of them in favor of the elements that will make them money. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Like I have so many thoughts about this because I've seen the MCU progress in real time because I watched it like as I was growing up and right. I just like. Yeah, so much of my brain has been taken up by Marvel, and like, the what's I think what like the problem is that they basically made what is a, a series like a TV show that yeah. just was each episode was a movie length and they put it in movie theaters, and every good TV show needs to end. Yeah, and I'm kind of annoyed because I didn't know before that WandaVision is like connected to the rest of the MCU. I guess it makes sense, but I really hope that they don't continue to have one overarching narrative. I really hope it's just like these are standalone stories that exist in the same universe, but you don't need to like have any context. Or it's like the next time Marvel comes out with something, I don't want it to be like you have to have seen WandaVision to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Because then it kind of cheapens the value of WandaVision itself and doesn't really let yeah. something exist on its own. Well, even when, even, because I feel like a lot of the movies are standalone. Like, I feel like, yeah. except for the case of Spider-Man, which we'll get to. We're gonna... Um, <laughs> you can watch any of the trilogies pretty much standalone and kind of understand what's happening. I think that you can watch the Iron Man trilogy by itself. I think you can watch the four Avengers movies, except yeah. maybe Endgame by themselves. Endgame yeah. sucks. 
I God. just Infinity War sucks. No, I just want to throw that in there because I hate it so much as a movie. But anyways, go on. Yes. Yeah. Um, you can watch the Captain America movies by themselves. Although I don't know why you'd want to. Um, they they aren't that great. Shade. I don't like MCU Captain America, and I'm aware that he's better in the comics, but I haven't read the comics. Um, <laughs> and just Chris Evans, Steve Rogers, and, don't like the guy. And really? never have. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. You say that. Oh, I hope it's a standalone story. But the thing about Wandavision is they're absolutely going to incorporate the elements of that. And then you have. Yeah. The, the thing is, is that like they can all stand alone, but they like you can watch them all separately, but they all tie into each other. Yeah. yeah. So you I are. just hope that like there doesn't. I just hope that like that Endgame was like really like the end of the whole story because the setup for the Endgame started with Iron Man. I really yeah. hope that like this is the arc that we have. It's over and now. We're gonna make a bunch of stuff that's gonna be like connected, but it's not gonna be like oh that's a narrative I story. I need to. I'm gonna talk about capitalism now. Uh, it's that good. time. Of, it's that time of night. I think that like the reason like marvel disney not marvel disney has made it so that like consuming marvel content is almost like a form of labor mm -hmm. because it's like you have to pay attention so much to everything. like everything that's happening and it's like if you go to watch a movie if you go to watch a marvel movie you like have to stay through all the credits because you're like where's the post credit scene where's the post credit scene where's the next post credit scene yeah and it's like and you have to if you like Marvel, you have to be able to participate in so much of the, like, Marvel community, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's become way more work than it is worth to enjoy these superheroes whose characters have been ruined as the MCU has progressed yeah. anyway. And Marvel will absolutely contribute. I feel like this is going to be my hot take of the evening as opposed to the title of the show, which is that <laughs> Marvel absolutely, despite what it says, it Star Wars does something similar. They absolutely take advantage of that toxic male, like, mm -hmm. fandom mm -hmm. culture. Because they're like, absolutely. oh, you're not a real fan unless you do this, yeah. you know? Yeah. Although, like, I would argue, like you were saying, like, it is, like, more work than it's worth. But I will say, like, I think that, like, all of us have experienced at some point, like, putting in an insane amount of time into some piece of media, even if it's kind of shitty just because you love it. Yeah. So I feel like for a lot of people, like, if they, like, that get really into it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like work, but I do agree that like they set it up in such a way because like they know that if they set it up, it's like oh you have to watch everything. They're like they're making more money. Yeah, yeah it's and it's like there was a time when like Marvel like was my like Spider Man specifically, but like the MCU in general like was my special interest, and I was like yeah. putting the work into it. Mm -hmm, but then exactly. like they they rely so heavily on people being willing to put into the work put in the work that mm -hmm. they think they can do anything. Yeah. And, and I were talking about this earlier. We were planning on talking about the MCU like through the lens of Spider-Man specifically and because both of us, me, I went in to the theater for Spider-Man Far From Home, um, like very into Marvel, like very fixated on it. Mm -hmm. And I left and I no longer cared about Marvel. Exactly. Same. Like, Honestly, same. That was the I last piece of Marvel related content I enjoyed. Okay, so I don't know what Far From Home did. Okay, so that's I mean, it did a lot of three. things. But, like, Far From Home somehow just, like, ruined everything about the MCU and Spider Man. It, and it's like they're not coming back from that. It kind of, like, oh snapped you out of the illusion of, like, Marvel's. Marvel has any sort of value as, like, a piece of art. It's mm -hmm. definitely, like, a piece of product. And that's why they had, like, that whole. Spoiler alert for a year-old movie, but like at the end in the post-credit scene, uh, 
he gets exposed by uh, J, uh, by JJ uh, by uh, JJJ the Triple J uh, <laughs> uh, J Jonah Jameson uh, yeah. by as Spider Man to the public, and they say that he killed Mysterio, and it was like a whole thing. And they did that, even though there was no setup for this happening whatsoever. They just ripped the bandage off on that right at the end, yeah, and yeah. They, they wanted the shock value and to be like, ah, you're gonna have to come back next time to see how they deal with that. Yeah, and there really was no build up to that. No, yeah, J.J. Jameson was not even a character in the MCU. No, they didn't establish <laughs> that. Not introduced him. Like it was really exciting to see like J.K. Simmons back, but like yeah. that. I never that realized. Like, sorry. That was just completely uh, negated by the fact that it's like that made no sense at all. Yeah, and yes, like, also, like, I didn't like realize it until like now as you said it, that it's like, that is no different from like a shitty plot twist on like a TV show that's yeah. like, now you have to watch the next episode. It's not good writing. No. But like, I will say like the thing you said before that like, it's no longer like a form of art anymore. I would say that that's probably why they pivoted to making stuff like WandaVision because I would say that is a standalone piece of art and it's almost like, Honestly, even though I've only watched two episodes of it, the premise of it and everything like that is kind of like Marvel at its best because yeah. like the best thing about Marvel movies is that they're not really action movies. Like the good ones are yes. not really just action movies. They're like comedies or dramas yeah. or like character development that's like framed with action because the characters yeah. happen to be superheroes. Yeah. Like I do hate the MCU with a passion now. Mm -hmm. um, Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy volumes one and two are in my top movie. five favorite movies. I should find Me that. Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. Hold on. I should find that graph I made you. And <laughs> Iron Man. Honestly, the Iron Man trilogy, especially the first one and three, Yes. Spectacular. Iron Man 2, don't care about. Iron I Man 3, it. spectacular. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Because like that's what I'm saying, is that like that's not yeah. just an action movie. It's also yeah. about like and trauma. It's about how terrorism is viewed by the West. Yes. Like Here it honestly, is. all that stuff. <laughs> I love that guy. Uh, you can't uh, I'm please post it on the Patreon Discord. Oh my god. I will post it. But <laughs> Marvel yeah. viewing order? That's yeah, I, uh, I, I took this Marvel viewing order that someone online made and I just marked it up with my personal opinions. Uh, yeah. So we um, have, uh, most of them crossed out except for- No, no, put it on the Patreon Discord so that people have to pay us $2 to hear about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Capitalism. Yes, okay, so but the they, other thing is that like Spider-Man Homecoming mm -hmm. works because it's like a character study. It's like how Peter Parker learns how to function in the world. And I like that it takes place after he's already Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, all of the other Spider-Man movies like focus on like his becoming Spider-Man. Yeah. And I like that it's already established and it works on his relationships with people mm -hmm. already yes. in that identity. And that's cool. Spider-Man Far From Home is just about him making callbacks to Iron Man. Exactly. It is just yes. about him making callbacks to other movies and setting up the movies that will come after it. And yes, it's I so told weirdly you, transitional. Yeah, I told you all my opinions about Tony Stark being involved in Spider-Man. However, yeah. let's let's take it back a notch and say like because the next Marvel product that's coming out, for those who don't know, is Winter is Winter Soldier and the Falcon. I'm so and, disappointed. Sorry. And, and here's the thing. It's going to probably be good, but as we've said before, that is going to be eclipsed by the fact that it is a Marvel product meant to set up another Marvel product. And yeah. that's why Spider-Man, the, the new Marvel Spider-Man, is not going to be as good as its predecessors, even though the actor itself is great. Yeah, Tom Holland is an amazing Spider-Man. Like, yes. Spider-Man Spider Homecoming had all the hallmarks of a good Spider-Man movie. I will say, be the first to say, Obsessed with that movie whenever it came out. Yes, yes. it was an excellent movie. Trans my gender. It trans my gender. Yeah, <laughs> I, like yeah. like there's so much, my gender was already trans, but actually no, it wasn't. 
I, I say this as if it's like a real thing. I don't think I was like aware that I was trans at the time that I watched it, but mm -hmm. like subconsciously I was. Yeah. It hit the good yeah. fucking movie. It's like just it's so warm and joyful. Yeah. But yeah, it lacked. But because of like the effect of a movie like Far From Home, you realize that behind what was a very good movie is still a cold corporate shell. Yeah. It yeah. is a product yeah. down to its core. And that's why Marvel has fundamental issues. And that's kind of what we're trying to get to yeah. the root of right now. Far From Home was like so much a way of making money that it like made you retroactively rethink your love of Homecoming, or at least it made me do that. Absolutely. And that was awful, because Spider-Man Homecoming is good, and I love it. It's a good, it's actually a genuinely good movie. I have a lot of criticisms with Homecoming. I have problems with the suit. Yeah, I have a lot of criticisms with Homecoming regarding, like, the way that they treated the character and the way that they've, like, actively stole, stolen from, like, Miles Morales' story. And then, yeah, yeah. But it was still, like, fundamentally, it was a solid movie. Also, mm -hmm. there was that one trans boy at the dance. Nothing oh. but love in my heart for that guy. <laughs> so yeah, just... I think, and that's where the issues start to come in. And then you have, like, let's not forget the fact, because people often kind of, like, they, they remember the Tobey Maguire series, but Andrew there, was, Garfield. there was the Andrew, Andrew Garfield, Garfield Spider-Man. <laughs> and I think about him often. <laughs> so I think we should go through, kind of like, hit the highlights of those stories and like what made them different, yeah. fundamentally different from the, the Marvel Spider-Man. Because don't get me oh, wrong, they're all wait. Marvel Spider-Man. However, there is... I have so many thoughts. May I, like, yes. monologue for a second? Because I've yes. thought a lot. Because, like, people always are like, which is the best Spider-Man? Personally, I think it's Tom Holland's. I think he captured, like, everything Spider-Man was. Because I think that, like, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, like, he wasn't, like, childish enough and didn't have that, like, teen boy joy that I think Spider-Man brings. And then, like, the Andrew Garfield ones, I think, were, like, too dark and also he was like older and like it's just like I think that what makes like the Spider-Man Spider Homecoming so special and like Tom Holland's Spider-Man is that like I really feel like I am watching a 15 year old boy mm -hmm. who clearly has ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> well I feel like I'm watching like a very exuberant 15 year old boy get superpowers and like he just em embodies that and I feel like with the other ones I think it's probably because they cast actors that were kind of older and like yeah. with um, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man they like tried to make it more like mature and dark and edgy and like those movies were interesting but that's not really what spider-man is like he's not mature and dark and edgy like even when he's an adult he's not like that yeah there are that's why um sorry um into the spider-verse the older peter parker was so yeah. great yeah. that's what i was gonna say is yeah. that andrew garfield i love him and i also love the two spider-man movies that he was in wish he'd mm -hmm. gotten the third uh, too bad that he suggested Spider-Man was queer and they canceled his third movie. Disgusting. Anyway, yeah. Um, I think that if they had, if they hadn't written, like, the high school version of Peter Parker, if they had cast Andrew Garfield in a Spider-Man movie that was, like, frazzled grad student Peter Parker, which, like, is a version that exists and mm -hmm. they could easily Spider-Man PS4 is an excellent uh, example of that. Yeah. He is a college student and he is an assistant to Doc Ock. Go play it. Excellent game. Yeah, if they had gone that route, because... No, Tobey Maguire was Doc Ock, right? Uh, who who were the villains in the two? The Lizard and... I right, guess. it was the Green Goblin, and then it was that uh, the lizard. electric guy. Uh, oh, it was the electric guy. Where yeah. was the lizard? There was uh, a lizard. No, you're thinking... Uh, oh, no, 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 the lizard is the same one as the one with the electric guy. That's why it was a really right. bad movie. That's, yes. the Green no, Green That's Goblin true. Was yeah, the Green Goblin and Jane... Yeah. Dane DeHaan! Oh, oh man! And it was so 
so good. So also, seeing, seeing Andrew Garfield and Dane DeHaan like have homoerotic tension. All oh, right, so glorious. So, so where's so Dane DeHaan's career? He needs one. I missed um, him. He's been fan cast as Peter Pettigrew. So here's that the. Uh, so yeah, here's, <laughs> here's he does. He, I can tell you what he's doing with his career. It's so funny. Okay, so he was in a Quibi original. I saw some of that. <laughs> yeah. So here's the three <laughs> villains from the the Tobey Maguire series because. I know so much about Spider-Man, it's unreal. So, in the original Spider-Man series, we had, in this order, Green Goblin, mm-hmm. and then we had, uh, Green Goblin, Doc Ock, and then uh, Venom, because that was, the third movie was about Venom. Right. And then- Also, oh my god, wait, I just realized, like, aside from Doc Ock, I don't remember if he was attractive, but like, um, Venom, played by Topher Grace, kinda hit. No, also, good. Green Goblin being young James Franco, Kind of hit. Yeah. Banger. Again with the homoerotic tension. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then in the Andrew Garfield movies, we had uh, Green Goblin again, as James Franco, as you mentioned. Yeah. And, uh, and then in the second movie, it was Jamie Foxx as Electro. Uh, yeah. And then in the Spider- and then in Spider-Man uh, Homecoming, we had Vulture, as played by Michael Caine. And a so brilliant- Vulture, Vulture was a great villain for Homecoming, too. Yes. However, I have criticism of how they did him as a villain, and we're going to come back to that as oh, part yes. of propaganda. Yes. Don't, don't, yes, I was thinking- yeah. This is my only criticism of it. Okay, sorry. Yeah. And no. then in Far From Home, they had Mysterio, who's one of the best Spider-Man villains of all time in the comics, and they just but- butchered him. Yeah, well, they butchered, they butchered everything in Far From Home. Yeah. I will say the one good thing I liked about Far From Home was, like, the- Gentle budding romance between him and MJ. Yeah, if they had focused more on like the awkward romance between Peter and MJ, and like the how that affected like his friendship with Ned, if they had focused more on the stuff that was happening in the trip. But the thing is, is that every time that they were cutting back to like scenes that were like him being a high schooler on this trip, mm-hmm. they were so focused on Tony Stark, who yeah. wasn't even alive. Yeah, it was a uh, Tony. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was like him getting the getting the glasses. It was oh, made, yeah. That gave him the little Iron Man adjacent abilities. It was like him being like, "Oh, I I would be able to enjoy this trip, but I miss my fake dad so it's much." It's such a Tony Stark vanity project that it makes me want to puke in my he's mouth. He's not even. He's he's dead. He's, he's dead. dead. And they, he's also, not coming back. Also, here's the other thing: is that Tony is dead. That should be second place to the fact that half of the population was dead for a couple months, mm-hmm. including you. Yeah, he was he was like in the soul stone for a while. That should be the thing that he's like feeling bad about. He should yeah. be that should be the thing that people are recovering from, yes. not the death of Elon Musk. Yeah, or uh, yeah, honestly, that recover- and also like, I think that like there is a way to like make like make that grief real. Yeah, like his grief for his father figure real without it being the only thing the movie is about. Because also it's like. Yeah, and it's not even about his grief, it's about, like, the things that Tony Stark has left for him yeah. to do. Yeah. It's about him, like, being worried about filling Tony Stark's place in the Avengers. And it's, yeah. not, and it's like, I don't think Peter Parker would worry about that, I think he'd be sad that and he lost his father's face. And this is where my complaints about Tony Stark would come sit in. down. No, I have things sit to say. Sit down and watch Iron Man 3. No, no. I... For those who aren't going to see this video being posted later, I have stood up on a chair. I have so many, many things to say about (laughs) he can shut the f up. (laughs) I have f up. I want it. I want it to. But if he shuts up, how will we hear his sexy little one-liners? Hmm. Yeah. Hopefully never, because he's dead. (laughs) 
Tony Stark. Watch Iron Man three, but Tony. Tony Stark. Gen, Tony Stark's presence in Spider Man gentrified the character of Peter Parker. I don't think gentrified is the right word, but it did suck. Yeah. No. He, he no. He legitimately did because he took the character of Peter Parker is meant to be a poor Jewish boy from Queens. He is meant to be. Yeah, this is why I have problems with the suit because Tony gave Peter. Oh all yes, of his suits. That pissed me off so and much. And the whole thing is that Peter Parker designs his own weapons and designs the suit. That's why I say. Yeah, and they took away they took away all of Peter's agency in his development of Spider-Man and they gave it to Tony Stark who like corporatized it. And they made him a basically a corporate entity. Yeah. They made Spider-Man a tech bro as a part of that propaganda. And you want to know something interesting about Vulture? He was a working class man. Yes. Oh my god, wait. Yes, that was like the yeah. first thing I thought of. Like, that, that bothers me so much. That is the problem with Spider-Man Homecoming, is that it is anti-leftist propaganda. <laughs> it is a working class <laughs> man who has figured out how to, like, survive. Um, and then he becomes a who villain. Who is being taken down by the protege of Elon Musk. <laughs> and so they were like, and so obviously, Whenever people are in desperate straits, you know what they do? They turn to they turn to illicit things because they have no other choice. And it wasn't even like it including was including Peter Parker. Yeah, I don't remember everything, but it like was essentially a victimless crime, right? No, it he okay. was a, no. They intentionally made it a crime that was going to hurt other people because okay. he was a he made arms like uh, weapons out of oh, the yes, alien he trash. Was a weapons development. Mm -hmm. I thought that he was just like. Reselling it? No, he was making it okay. and developing them and then selling them to uh, right. to other criminals in New York. So they were trying to make it seem like, ah, he is inherently the bad guy because not all these other bad guys are running around with weapons. So they were trying to position Vulture in such a way where it's like, yes, he's a working class man, and oh, it's so sad. He's but a working class man, but the crimes he's committing are crimes. Oh, they're oh my God, they're crimes that Tony Stark was committing in Iron Man One. Exactly. I was just about to bring that oh my up. God. And also, what's really crazy is that the crimes that Tony committed in Iron Man 1 are also seen as bad, because like the yeah. whole thing about him realizing like, oh my god, I need to stop being a weapons dealer, and like the fact yeah, that it's, it's like, like this good guy can turn around, but when it's the working class man, it's unforgivable. Yeah, and also it's like the thing that he's doing, the Vulture is doing, is like, working class people do not sell weapons to governments. No. <laughs> that is something that billionaires do. No, they're yes. selling them to other... To they're selling other them to, to other uh, working-class people. But it's like development of weapons like that is something that rich people do. Yeah, like that yeah. would be possible for this like working-class relatable guy. But also, wait, speaking of that, we saw his house. Yes. We saw the Vulture's house, mm -hmm. right? Yes. That's not a poor guy's house. Yeah, he was formerly <laughs> yeah, a rich man. Like, but then he lost everything. And then he pulled oh, himself yeah. up by his bootstraps. But also, somehow, he still had the nice-ass house. Suspicious. Yeah, I don't know what that means. That just I just realized like that's kind know. of annoying. No, it's a it's such an interesting thing to me, and that's why I specifically use the word <laughs> gentrification of Spider-Man yeah. because the also the fact that so much of his arc is taken from Miles Morales. Yes. Exactly. It is. It is. It is the gentrification of the character, not only of Peter Parker, but stealing Miles Morales mm -hmm. because they took Ned from Gunke, who's just such a good character. He's such a good character. And. That's why they couldn't add him in Into the Spider-Verse, was because Homecoming stole that character, gave him a different name, and then made him Wait, Peter Parker. that's why? Yes. That's why Gunk is not in, oh my god. That's why, that he was supposed to have more lines, that, but they had to remove them because yeah, of Homecoming. Because, like, the thing that confused me most about Into the Spider-Verse is I was like, why doesn't Miles talk to his roommate? They're, like, buds. No, it's because he... <laughs> They're, like, best friends, actually. No, it's because of Marvel's theft of the character. They write poetry together. 
Um, pause in like newer movies. Like, I do want to have him. Actually. Pause for a book recommendation. Um, the Miles Morales novel by Jason Reynolds. Uh, pops off. Yeah, it's very else. good. Who is that? That same sounds really he familiar. He has done a lot of like young adult middle reader writing, including this Miles Morales <laughs> book, which is very good. It also like I think I'm thinking of Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> he's also like a really good poet, and um, the big thing that they're working on in school in the novel is a poetry unit, and so Miles and Gonke both write like poems throughout the book and you get to read their poetry it's very good yeah it, I'm, I'm a little bit obsessed with it it's, it's also poetry. oh my god it's also uh the whole like the main villain is like a manifestation of the private prison system yeah they take so Me, basically sure. they're taking so much from miles morales they're giving it to peter parker and then they're removing peter parker's agency by putting him in the hands of a billionaire and then they're trying to position that billionaire as his father figure in order to abdicate him of his crimes and what he was involved in in order to make spider-man a man of the a man of a man of like the billionaire class in the in the upper class as opposed to like the working class that he was because yeah. spider-man is meant to be a character that made himself he is meant to be a neighborhood hero and they try and make that a spider-man does pull himself up by his bootstraps <laughs> but not like that because he's worked spider no spiders. <laughs> No, in a weird, no, the thing is, Spider-Man is inherent. Spider-Man pulls himself up by his web shooters. <laughs> Spider-Man is inherent. That's very funny, but also, Spider-Man is inherently a, a kind of a leftist hero in his regard. He really is. Because yeah. he, he doesn't try and save, like, the world. He's only, he's more, his neighborhood. He yeah. cares specifically about his neighborhood. He's Spider-Man. Spider like, that's a thing, that's a thing that's consistent across, like, Peter Parker and Miles Morales and... Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think... I think Penny Parker too. Alex. Yes, yeah, probably. He's mutual aid, the superhero. Correct. That's exactly what it is, and you see this carry over. Spider-Man creates an autonomous zone in Queens. He would actually, but he here, would. here's the thing. Yes. This carries over into Far From Home, like the same idea of like the villain is a working class person mm -hmm. because like they made because Mysterio worked under Tony Stark and Tony Stark stole his idea and yes. gave it a different name and then they made him look like the villain. Oh my God! But that's also the plot of Iron Man three. No, so, it's also it's still the plot Tony, of Iron Man one, right? Because no, Tony Stark takes that one guy's idea and like runs with it and then that guy is the one who creates extremists or whatever it's called. No, maybe. Yes. I was thinking also if in Iron Man, fuck, which one? In Iron, no, in Iron Man 2, the villain is someone who takes Tony's idea. Right. And like, I, yeah. This like, this is the thing, do you mind if I like, then we move on to like a different like arc of conversation because like yeah, I understand so. your Tony Rant no, I know. Movie. I'm just bringing it around because it's like they make you watch Iron Man three. No, I watched it, and they I'll make you watch it again. <laughs> no, they just intentionally make Spider-Man a position against the working class within their series. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And like, I just like slightly off course. Like, I like that. Okay. I agree. And I actually forgot what I was gonna say about that completely. Oh, cool. Um, oh, sorry. Oh, I just think like a problem that I see overall in the MCU is that like. Even though they're trying to connect everything, I feel like the directors and writers of each movie like just don't sometimes don't know what characters they're writing about because yes. like the whole thing like the villain in Spider-Man in Homecoming doing something that Tony did but was redeemable like that and like same thing with like stealing the idea same like mm -hmm. it just shows me that it's like did they watch 
like the other movies that Tony Stark is in, do they understand this character? They didn't. It's but like the characterization, the characterization of the characters. Wow, um, <laughs> doesn't change all that much from movie to movie, but like their arcs start taking different directions in every movie. Yes. Oh my god, writer. I could talk so much about Thor. And yes. Yeah. It makes me so yes. angry. I'm Why so didn't Taika write Endgame? Taika should have written Endgame. We could have easily framed this same the film way, around. The way they did Thor so dirty. We could have easily framed this entire episode around Thor as well because of what they did with the movies of Thor and yes. like the how the sharp left turn about the quality of Thor as a series and then they just completely rewrote that. Yes. And you oh my God. Thank God William Thunder is coming. Fuck yeah. May I, may I rant for a moment about Thor? Yes. Uh, Yes. <laughs> we have time. You can rant about Thor, and then we should go to recommendations. Okay. But, like, yes, but that's such a good way of putting it. I never thought of it before. But it's like their arc suddenly takes, like, weird turns instead of making sense. Because, like, nothing could compete with, like, the satisfaction of Thor's arc basically ending with Ragnarok, with him assuming his position as king, as, like, his own king, and not trying to live up to his father. And there's yeah. all this beautiful symbolism of him losing the hammer and having his own power and being able to summon lightning from his hands that's yeah. so fucking cool and he lost his eye and it's like this all this incredible symbolism and it's such a great movie and then endgame starts and then they're like he's getting his eye back and also you need to get a big sword to fight thanos because apparently being a god who can summon lightning from his hands i think the problem is that they overpowered him yes and they're like we need to underpower him so that like the stakes are believable because thanos is a shitty villain and then on top, like, and then after that, like, when he fails, like, he suddenly, like, is, like, fat. And that's funny, because it's funny when people are fat and depressed. That is a joke. He's that fat is sarcasm. and Fortnite. <laughs> yes. That pissed me off. And then what annoyed me even more, and this is just, like, it's so, like, a microcosm of the fact that, like, the men at Marvel don't understand women. Yeah. And what women want to see in media at all of their superheroes is that it ends with him being, like, Valkyrie, you should be the queen. You should run Asgard. And it's like, actually, that makes completely zero sense. Yeah. Because part of what made Valkyrie so fucking awesome is that she's, like, kind of an amoral asshole, but, like, in a good way. And that's yeah. so rare for female characters. Mm -hmm. Like, and they're like, actually, you're a super virtuous and caring lady who will be the queen of Asgard. Like, no, no she doesn't want to do that. She would destroy it. And Thor would know better than to do it. So it's, again, it's just, like, like with Marvel being like this, like a whole series basically and all of these like arcs and everything, it's just so much to balance and then like, they just didn't get it right by the end. Like, yeah, the characters just like meander and then everyone's character ended in the wrong place in Endgame. Yeah. Yes. Like oh, Steve, Steve Rogers. Oh my god. I like how we all immediately just thought, Steve, I'm so mad. They were um, really like, you know what Steve would really want? To go back to his 1950s ideal with his wife. <laughs> it's because the... The only other ending for him would be marrying Bucky, and Correct. we couldn't do that. <laughs> Even the Sebastian. only, the only logical conclusion to his and Bucky's arcs were to getting together. Yes, and so if Bucky was with female, like female, they would have done it. Yeah, it made so much Absolutely. sense. And uh, even Sebastian Stan basically calls them cowards. It's really funny. Good for him. I but love yeah, him. This is. A I don't care about Bucky Barnes, but I love Sebastian this, Stan. This is I such a consistent theme throughout the throughout the movies, where it's like. You have these issues of like, they're like very clearly trying to walk this line of making everything acceptable for everyone, and like they're trying to make the most profitable thing. Like mm -hmm. with Captain Marvel, they were trying to make it all girl power and like yeah. all that, and then but 
Okay. Ca- Captain Marvel is basically Captain I, Bootlicker. Listen, so I love Captain Marvel. I need Sorry. to say something. It's a good movie, but um, yeah. I don't like the the way that the MCU has tried to introduce like white feminism. I it's also so. don't like Endgame. However, yes. however, the scene where all of the women in Marvel like toss Peter Parker around the battlefield. That's very funny. So good. Oh, it means so much to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like. In a, in a way, you just proved that it really does work. Their little marketable little shenanigans yeah, are like... Yeah, I, I hate everything that they do to try to get my attention, but sometimes they get my attention. Like, it, the thing about Marvel is that it's always going to be effective. Yeah, you could enjoy Marvel and, like, you could enjoy it critically, but there's always going to be a part of you that has to be forced to realize you're not consuming art, you're consuming a product that was made for you to enjoy in such a way that you completely ignore the flaws of it and so that you will go out and buy their product that is the product of the product. Yeah. It just, it's a cycle that's going to continue to perpetuate itself because Marvel is a part of a monopoly and Marvel is going to continue doing that as long as we continue to give them money. Trust us, Disney. Yeah, because the only way that Marvel is going to return to like something of something of an art form that's going to explore more interesting ideas because we've seen that Marvel is capable of exploring interesting yeah. things. Yeah. Like Black Panther was an Oscar winning movie. I think it was good. Yeah. Black Spider-Verse wasn't Disney, but it was Marvel. So and it was Spider-Verse. Wait, may I, just one quick thing. Because hmm. we're talking about like like their capabilities of art. I think yeah. they are in a good place because WandaVision I think lives up to that. Yeah, but yeah, and a lot of a lot of things that they do like are artistic, like they have amazing effects. But the I don't like um, special effects if they're not practical effects. I don't like them, but yeah. like objectively, they are so good. But oh yes, the animation in um, Far From Home was magnificent. Yes, but, but here's the thing: the only way we're going to be able to see those good aspects of Marvel thrive is if we remove it from the major corporate entity that it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, I mean, WandaVision was Disney Plus. Well, yeah, but that was only because it was, like, something that was, like, that's such a, a small, such a, like, a drop in the ocean compared to, like, yeah, Marvel like it's in not, the Yeah, like, WandaVision being good is not as a result of anything that Marvel or Disney have done in the last ten years. That is, that is true. Yeah. But, like, I'm just saying, like, I think there's hope. Yeah, there no, is I hope. think that there's hope, and I think that they are, like, there are a lot of, like, really talented, really creative people working for Marvel still. However, however, they are working to make money and not to make superheroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's where, and that's why, if you want to see more things like WandaVision, you want to see more things like Black Panther, like rather than having them be individual occurrences, like just the occasional like lightning in a bottle, mm-hmm. you need to. We need to support like Marvel being separated from this corporate entity. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know how they can do that. Trust us. Trust us. Trust, Trust us. Trust us. Uh, it's whenever you dissolve like a company and it has to distribute its assets. So Disney would have to be broken down. So for the viewers at home, that would mean Disney is broken down into uh, not not only the main Walt Disney Corporation for like animation and stuff like that, but Marvel, National Geographic, Fox. Disney owns National Geographic. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at um, on on like Disney Plus at the bottom, there's like a list of all of the properties that they own, and it's like Marvel, National Geographic, Star Wars. That's so fucked up. Yeah. So that's why it needs to be broken down because it owns like these major things. And here's the thing: the things you love aren't going to be aren't going to go away because if Disney were dissolved, because 
They somebody the else are still gonna be there. The, mo the movies are still gonna be there, and somebody else loves those things too. Somebody with a lot more money, and they're gonna snatch it up and want to make more stuff with it. And because yeah. they care about it, it will be better quality. Yeah, rich people love throwing money at things. Exactly. Right. Like All there right. are so many Mission Impossible movies, and it is because of Tom Cruise. Yeah. And, but um, however, just. You're allowed to like Marvel. Like, I want to make that clear. Yeah, no, I, there's so many aspects of Marvel that I still do like. I just but, don't like the way it currently exists. But it should uh, exist differently. But just remember that Marvel's always going to be fundamentally the way it is. And, being, and they're trying to make their movies in a way that's forcing you to ignore it. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. Those, are, those are our lukewarm takes. Those are our lukewarm takes. I'm um, eating hummus with my hands. <laughs> Honestly, good. Yeah, that's so. It's because these little. Have cups. you seen Oh Hello? No. I'm. You will eventually. <laughs> okay. Right. Is that Any, correct? All right. Yes. Let's move uh, into. There's a point. There's a point. Um, where it's a play that John Mulaney and Nick Kroll wrote for context, and there's a point where they're describing before the play starts. They're describing what it's like. Um, and Nick Kroll goes, you know, you know when there's not a lot of hummus left, so you have to scrape it out with your fingies? That's us, baby! Yep. But anyways, oh let's move into the recommendation. Let's move into the end game of the show. Oh my god. And then You can have that if I could have my waiting for Godot pun earlier. Yeah, it was thank good. You. It's a good one. And now and now let's get some recommendations out there. Chris, do you have any recommendations? Of anything? Anything. anything. Preferably oh, media. Oh, yeah. Not like, not like go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> go and touch some grass. It's really what everyone needs who's listening to this podcast. Um, Maybe but, not like food, but... Recommendations. Um, watch Neon Genesis Evangelion. That's the new thing that has consumed my brain. It's also magnificent and completely changed my life. Oh, it is a great show if you like mecha anime, but also kind of get mad at a lot of the tropes in mecha anime. It's also really famous, so like I feel like I'm talking about this like no one knows about it. It's one of the most well-known anime like ever made. It's incredibly critically acclaimed, but it's gorgeous. And the way it talks about mental health and like the way we view self-hate and like negativity is so profound. And also, it's gorgeous, and all the characters are great and very well developed, and I love it immensely. And it's like there's like one episode that's very gay, and I like it. Very cool. It's all I, I like all the episodes, but like the gay one's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, the reason I was looking for it, I was looking for something, I'll bring it up at the end. Okay. But here's my recommendation, because we just rewatched it tonight, and I want everyone to watch oh, this movie. Yes. Yeah. Watch Annihilation. Uh, Gorgeous. It's one of the best movies. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It came out a couple of years ago, and Tess and I just rewatched it tonight. Well, you watched it for the first time. Mm -hmm. and uh, I didn't. I took a nap. I just love it very much, and it's a gorgeous movie, and it has a really interesting ideas that, and themes that it actually explores. It's a good example of sci-fi that uses sci-fi as a medium and a vehicle to explore interesting ideas. Yes. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, another, another thing, another recommendation, Attack the Block. It's a movie from 2010 or 11, I think, I'm not sure. It stars John Boyega pre-Star Wars, before Star Wars, like... Hello, John. Yes. Magnificent. John, my beloved. John, my beloved. Wait, that's a song. Oh my God. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay. I gotta, I gotta hurry. It's okay. great because it's like I about have two recommendations after you. Yeah, it's about like aliens invading, but it's also about colonialism and police brutality. Not only police brutality, but like police and like the way that like they just hate black people. It's really good. Cool. It's magnificent. Yeah. yeah. And what are my recommendations for? Yes. Okay. Uh, I got two. First one is just because um, season three is ending in. Five days, uh, the Penumbra podcast 
It's great. Um, there's two main storylines. I listen to the Juno Steele one, which is uh, sci-fi noir. There's also a really good fantasy one called Second Citadel. Um, like I said, season three ends in five days. Uh, it's, it's very good, incredibly well-written, explores very good themes with like an incredible amount of nuance and attention and care. Love it. Uh, second thing is a short film that I made all of my friends watched yesterday. It's called World of Tomorrow. Ooh, it's available yeah. on Vimeo. Um, it is another example of sci-fi being used really well to explore like what it means to be human and surrealism being used in a way that isn't just um, straight men trying to confuse people who aren't themselves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the Twin Peaks shade. The Twin Peaks. I hate David Lynch. <laughs> Not this again. <laughs> All right. Okay. What's your, what's what? your little announcement? There is no announcement. Oh. Uh, for the final for the final part, I'm going to uh, after our little outro. I will be reading the fan fiction I wrote when I was 15 Ooh. about Spider Man, and I found because I found Wait, it. Can, can we can we have a post show where we read our Spider Man fan fiction? Yes, I have multiple. Only if I read. can read the fan fiction that I wrote that's Doctor Who Percy Jackson crossover. Fan Perfect. Fan but okay. yeah, let so me do. Here's do you want the, me to do the outro. Yeah, the outro. Okay. Uh, this is a WECB show, The Underground Sound. What's up next? Do we still not know? Life is unpredictable. We still that don't way. know. We'll uh, Whoever's next, eventually. we love you. Uh, this is my proposal. I don't know you. Let's get married. Um. It also, this is a Brain Rot Presents show. You can follow us on Instagram or anywhere at Brain Rot underscore Presents. That's Presents with no E's. Um, mm -hmm. We have a Patreon. Uh, you can pay us two, five, ten, or fifteen dollars a month. We would really appreciate it if you did that. You got extended versions of, of this here show. Um, it's it's great. You love to see it. Uh, what am I missing? Oh, the Instagram account for this particular show is Lukewarm Takes EC. EC is in Emerson College. Um, I, I've been Jack. I've been Ford. I've been Tess. And we love the idea of you. We, we sure do. Sick Bo Burnham Rev. <laughs>